Welcome to Hits Different, a Taylor Swift podcast. I'm Molly. I'm Ryan. And this week we have so much to talk about. 1989 dropped about a week ago as we're recording this, and there's just so much to get into. So, The Week in Taylor. First of all, she announced New Era's tour dates. Sure did. Everyone who thought Toronto was the end, it's not. It's Vancouver now. Dude, the fact that she keeps just doing that to Swifties that are like, yeah, I got tickets to the last show. And then she's like, I'm so sorry, but no, you didn't. And actually, I'm saving all the fun for the new dates that I added. Yeah, I saw a tweet that was like all the Eras Tour girls chasing the final show. R.I.P. L.A. R.I.P. London. R.I.P. Toronto. And now Vancouver. We'll see how long this lasts before she adds more dates. All right, so 1989 TV broke a ton of records this week. I have so many written down here that you'll probably fall asleep as I'm trying to read them to you. It's ridiculous. Don't do it. <laughs> we'll, we'll take some pauses as we work our way through the list. The, it's the first re-recorded album to surpass the original album's first week of sales, which if you think about that is absolutely nuts because... 1989 originally did so well, but the re-recorded album broke the record. You said the person who thought that the new the Kendrick Lamar version of Bad Blood was like when you said that they were like, "Oh, that's cute that he added in the line at the end, like just like the tour." It's like, "I'm sorry, what? Are you for real?" If you're a TikTok Swifty that's listening, um, we've seen some of you out there saying. You forgive, you forget, but you never let it go. Oh my gosh, Kendrick's doing the chant from the Eras Tour. Guys, Kendrick taught this to us. We sing it in Kendrick's honor. There's some stuff I don't know, but I do know that. This is not something he... Imagine if Kendrick just like took a line from stuff people yelled at a concert. Like, come on. Oh my God, how did he know? He's such a Swifty. <laughs> All right. Go on. It's the first album in history to debut with over 1 million copies sold in the U.S. on two occasions, so 2014 and 2023. Taylor's the first artist in history to have six albums debut with over 1 million U.S. copies. So 1989 TV, Midnight's, Rep, 1989, Original, Red Original, and Speak Now. It's the most streamed album in a single day on Spotify, breaking her Midnight's record. Her own record. Her own record. Biggest, finest sales in a week for any album in Nielsen history, also surpassing Midnight's. She now holds the entire top three biggest U.S. vinyl sales in the modern era. The stat that I think is one of the most impressive ones, I think we all knew it was coming, but it officially happened. The Weeknd had been the most streamed artist in the world on Spotify by monthly listeners, and Taylor finally surpassed that. And she's now the number one artist in the world with over 105.3 million monthly listeners. Which is crazy because I literally mentioned that like last week and I was like, oh, who's, you know, who's above her? And I was like, oh, Um, and it was sick in general because she was number two and the other top five were all dudes. And now she's number one. Yeah, there are so many records that she broke this week that I couldn't keep listing them all out. But... Yeah, I think it's just insane that a re-recorded album brings an artist to this level. 
it's kind of concerning though i worry about like rep even though i feel like everyone we've talked to like at first i'm like oh are we alone and just continuously being so stoked for rep and then everyone we talked to was like is it rep yet is it rep yet rep's coming and it's like rep swifties rise up but i feel like she's probably like "Mm, rep's not gonna do as good but if it does i will be very happy can it beat 1989 probably not well, the thing that surprises me, too, is just she really didn't do that much promo for 1989 at all. Obviously, she announced the re-record in L.A. on the final U.S. night of the tour in 2023 anyway. But after that, we didn't get anything. We didn't get a single. We didn't get a music video. To be fair, we got two songs two years ago or one song two years ago and then the other song like you know like we've been getting a little bit for a while now where we haven't gotten from rep yeah i don't know if i would even count this love and wildest dreams as promo for 1989 though i think she literally released those because wildest dreams was popping off on tiktok two years ago and she's like well if this is gonna happen i'm gonna get the money and to top it all off taylor is now a billionaire billions which i already thought she was like that wasn't news to me i got sent the article and i didn't even open it because i was like cool um i thought she already was (laughs) just Uh, another day like oh finally i think it is a little surprising that she wasn't already just because when you think about the merch the album sales and the tour and the movie it's like oh okay yeah this is expected which is ridiculous we have such high expectations for her at this point that none of this, we're all like, oh, yeah, okay. First re-recorded album to surpass the first week of sales of its original version. Sure. Taylor's a billionaire. Sure. I know. Or just spoiled. Be, I imagine like her, like in her daily life, like her best friends just trying to pretend to be um, surprised by this. It's like, of course they're stoked, but are they really like, oh my God. It's like, is she even like, oh my God. No, probably not. So the final news of the week is that Is It Over Now became a single after Slut was originally the single and then they took it off the website. And I feel so validated (laughs) in every way. Is It Over Now? They popped it right up there. They started distributing that to radio and it's already spent three days as number one on the global Spotify chart. So... We'll see how that continues by the time this pod comes out. That stat will be different, but that's okay. Um, so, Ryan, that brings us to Slut. Where do you stand one week later? Well, I have two thoughts. One, uh, related to what you just said, um, I literally felt like when I came out with my reaction to that song that I was like the only person on a lonely, very lonely island because A, I opposed something that Taylor did. And then also... Yeah, I didn't see any, like, you know, similar thoughts. And then all of a sudden kept pouring in and people had the same thoughts that I did, that it, like, was, uh, like, overrated, that the slut was too soft and that this and then that. And I was like, yes. And then all of a sudden, slut disappears from the website. And you're like, "Uh uh-oh, she's hearing things. So clearly there were enough voices, which is crazy because it got picked in the first place because, you know, assumedly the voices were like, yeah, slut. And then all of a sudden, the louder voices were like, "Sluts kind of sucks." And is it over now? Okay, Deserves sucks is justice. so aggressive. First of all, <laughs> okay, I have so much. 
first of all, Taylor Slut always is Molly's picked- favorite song. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not even saying that. And I'm not saying that Slut should have been the single. Taylor always picks the wrong. And I'm not even going to say it's Taylor. Someone on her team historically has picked tree. the wrong song as the single. I don't think it's Tree. I don't think Tree was like, let's promote slut. I don't think that helps her job. <laughs> like, yeah, right. She was probably like, Taylor, this is a bad PR stunt. If anything, I could see that. Like, Taylor, we're leaning into slut too hard. It's not, you have children now who are listening to you more than ever. For the first time, you can't do this. We have to bury slut with the other vault songs and suburban legends. <laughs> Those two can go be buried together. Okay, we're not away. even... we Save Suburban Legends, okay? We're talking about Slut. Stop coming at all the vault songs. <laughs> I think Slut is a good song. I don't think it should have been the lead single. I agree with you there. I don't think it's a bad song or that it sucks. So my second thought is last week, as I was driving home from your place, listening to the album... Um, I was like, man, why was I so angry about slut? Like, I think I went too hard. Why did it bother me so much? Maybe I was overreacting. And then as soon as I saw the validating comments by everyone else, I immediately slipped right back into, nah, I was right. Um, I stand by my original, my original thought. Still don't like it. Um, I still skip it every time. I actually bounce between, is it over now? Now that we don't talk and uh, say don't go. And uh, the, the Bad Blood remix. So that's literally like my morning, like, rico- like not ricochet, but ping pong. <laughs> my morning ricochet. <laughs> and not in order. I, like, changed it up. But I literally skip slut. My drive to work, I've, uh, I figured out on my first day going into work after the album dropped that if I start playing slut as I pull out of my driveway, I finish with, is it over now by the time I'm pulling into work? And then I can listen to Is It Over Now again as I walk from my car into the office. That's so I A, not a very them. far commute, and B, that's a very long walk. Like five minutes. Commute is like 20 to 25 minutes. Anyway, so whatever. We're going to disagree on slut. You're wrong. You just need to start listening to it and appreciating it. But if you're just going to keep skipping it, it's never going to get the love it deserves. Again. Oh, I did have a thought. It had like a maroon, you know, like I can't remember the technical um, term for it, but where she like says something and it means like two different things. Like she'll say one thing and you think it's this, but then she says like the next line and it's actually like countering it. So like in maroon when like she starts the song and you're like, Oh, yeah, we were so in love. And then she, like, twist it, you know, the second. Anyway, I feel that line in Slut about, um, like, you haven't said I love you yet, but you're going to. Whatever, that's not the lyrics. Uh, and then she, like, follows it with, like, oh, like, about blowing everything up. I was like, oh, it's kind of like that. That was, like, the only recognition I gave it. And I do think that, like, the lyrics, of course, are really good. I just think the delivery is all wrong. So I, if she reproduced it, that would be amazing keep the lyrics just reproduce it give it a new it doesn't have to be a bop like it's to me it's like a sister song to so it goes or false god or glitch where it's just like don't you talk about false god it's i've heard people make remixes of slut and false god together it's literally the same vibe that's why i'm saying you're just wrong (laughs) no don't you come for a slow a slower song talking about like will they won't they like we might just get away with their religions in my hips like 
slut is sticks and the sticks and stones they froze in midair. Everyone wants him. That was my crime. The wrong place at the right time. You get acquainted to so it goes because that song sucked so bad that during the rap tour she just decided to exclude it from the the her set list and was like, "Hey, you guys can listen to it as you're leaving." That's gonna be slut. Okay, if you're saying that "So It Goes" being the la- like the goodbye, like walking away song at the rep tour, then that means "You're on Your Own, Kid" is a bad song because that's what she has when you're leaving the Eras tour. Yeah, fight me. <laughs> I didn't say it. You did. What? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, I'm not putting. Your- you're on your own kid in that same category. Leave your on your own kid alone. Anyways, at the time of rap, so it goes was so irrelevant. That's why I'm just she using your the own theories against you. So, um, my final point to slut that I wrote down is there is a bridge. Okay, you said when we first heard it, where's the bridge? It didn't. You got to pay happen. really close attention, girl. You need to go back and listen to that bridge. It's sexy as. Okay. Oh my God, that's right. Can we just talk about the fact that Molly's omitting her actual thoughts about Slut and how she thinks it's a very like sexual, sensual song, and is giving it so much credit on that that level? Like, I was trying to get like, to that, and then vibes. you, then you, yeah, dress is a good is a good equivalent. I was getting to that, and then you had to go throw "So It Goes" under the bus. No one listens "So It Goes." Anyway, I do. I do kind of skip "So It Goes" on rep. I'm not gonna lie, but um. What? No skip Molly skips so it goes. Because I'm usually listening to rep when I'm on like up vibes and so it goes slow. It doesn't it down. always have to be a bop, Molly. It doesn't. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Throw in the towel. Move it along. Let's uh what's next? Uh now that we don't talk. No, say don't go is next. You wouldn't know because you don't listen in order. So Say don't go. I think that slut in okay, all right. We've gotten so off track. None of my thoughts are coming out correctly. I'm gonna try and say I was them off correctly. track. <laughs> so I think this vault is structured so perfectly because it starts with slut, and sure, it's not the way that you wanted it to start, whatever. The story that it paints, starting with slut and ending with is it over now and everything in between. It's literally the story of this relationship from start to finish in just these five songs without even any of the other context in the original 1989. If you start with Slut, everyone wants him, that was my crime, the wrong place at the right time. If they call me a slut, at least it'll be worth it for once. And then you start Say Don't Go and those intense, like, deep tones when the song starts, it's like, and you're like, oh, what happened? They, they clearly slept together. What ha- is happening next? And <laughs> in this song, it builds to, I say I love you, you say nothing back. Pause. Dagger. There's a beat of just nothing. All of the instrumental, everything drops out because he says nothing back, so it's just silent. Why'd you have to lead me on? Ugh. It's so good. It's so good. I know that there's been rumors about it being like Come Back Be Here being Mm. similar. And I really want to and hope to make like a little mashup. I'm sure someone already has. But like a Say Don't Go into a Come Back Here little mashup. 
yeah be a banger i can see that yeah come back be here from red is another it's one of my favorite songs off of red actually so it makes sense that if people are comparing that that i like say don't go well the story too it's like the song and the story like he's in london blah 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 I feel like I take those as like two different points in the relationship though, because come back, be here to me sounds like earlier on, like, Oh, we started this relationship, but like, you know, the timing, like you had to leave and I'm, and I'm here and I don't really know what we are. And then with say, don't go. It's like, I say, I love you. You say nothing back. Like, can we circle back to this line? It's funny because I've heard that song so many times, but I don't think I've ever heard it to the effect of how you just described it. And I'm like, dang, now I need to listen to it again. And hear like the pause and like the. It's like, what could, hurts more than saying I love you and them not saying it back? Makes me think of Cruel Summer. Oh, yes. That brings me to a point that I saw on TikTok. Thank you, TikTok Swifties. So she says, I love you. You say nothing back. Silence. Clearly saying I love you scarred Taylor, like saying I love you and not hearing it back. Because when you hear the line in Cruel Summer from Lover and you're like, why is saying I love you the worst thing you've ever heard? I love you. Ain't that the worst thing you ever heard? And you're like, what? Taylor Swift saying I love you to me would be the best thing I've ever heard. But then he looks up grinning. Yeah. And it heals her relationship with saying I love you again I've never really understood that line and when I saw someone connect those dots I'm like oh like that whatever damage happened in this 1989 relationship that we're talking about here carried on into the next relationships until she finally got and I love you back I mean I also just thought she was being dramatic and was just like oh yeah like saying I love you is like the worst thing and then it's like oh I guess not I think because she went through it, the worst thing, saying it and not hearing it back. And then she got another London boy, and, uh, you know, that's all that went. But (laughs) at least he treated her better than Harry for six beautiful years. Now that we don't talk, again, I think the vault tracks are just paced so perfectly because now that we don't talk, it's just hits so well like the beat on that song is so great people are just out here bopping to now that we don't talk and I have a bone to pick with you because you said when we first were reacting to 1989 1989 Taylor's version you said that this was just like an intermission in the vault tracks an interlude interlude whatever I did say that and I think in my notes uh I took that back I did change my mind about that, and I do now like and appreciate, um, now that we don't talk, it's quite good. And it's short and sweet. I judged it for being too short. Now I think it's like the perfect length length and just long enough. So I retract that original opinion. I feel like when you listen to it, you're immediately hit with the anxiety and sadness or like grief that you feel when, when a relationship ends so quickly. Of, when I was listening to it, it also made me think of not just of romantic relationships that end, but sometimes friendships that end where you're like, did, did you feel anxious about that thing? I don't know. I can't ask you. We don't talk anymore. I guess I'm just going to call my mom and complain about it because no one wants to hear about this anymore. It's over, but I'm still caught up in it. 
I don't know if, if you feel that way at all when you listen to it. It's just like it to me, it brings up so many different types of emotions in a relationship that has ended. I mean, every time she sings a breakup song, which is often, I always have the thought of, wow, she was that into this dude and he just it all up. You had Taylor Swift, who was this <laughs> obsessed with you. And you were like, mm, no. Yeah, it is hard to separate yourself sometimes from the fan of Taylor Swift. And then you listen to the lyrics and you're like, how did how did anyone treat you this way when you are the Taylor Swift? And also when you're dating another celebrity, they don't give a shit, you know? I mean, they, they do and they don't. I feel like Travis might be like one of the first people who was, oh yeah, it's Taylor Swift. Where I feel like all of her other boys, boy toys, were just like, whatever. I don't know if they were whatever. She wasn't the force then that she is now. She was still kind of country Taylor at that time. Right, I know. Her wardrobe was sus. Those pap photos, you're like, babe, come on. The line that really sticks out to me from Now That We Don't Talk is, remind myself the more I gave, you'd want me less. Like, the more that she was into him, the less he wanted her. Oh, yeah, that's pretty on brand. (laughs) Dudes like girls who are playing hard to get. Doesn't she know? Then it tops it off at the end with, the only way back to my dignity was to turn into a shrouded mystery, just like I had been when you were chasing me. So I know, yeah. Mm-hmm. He finally got her. She's no longer this mysterious, elusive pop star. She or a country star at the time. She, the guy, gets her, and he's like, "Hmm, all right, time to move on." And so she has to turn into a, a mystery and like change her personality and pretend she doesn't care anymore to tr- hope that maybe she'll get his attention again. Yeah, and then she became 1989 Taylor. Cut her hair and was a totally different person. I also think how quickly the song ends, it just like reflects on all of the like stress and anxiety that you feel with the song. It's moving so fast and she's stressed out and she's calling her mom and I'm frustrated. And then it's like, boom, now that we don't talk done. Acid rock. Oh, there's been a funny trend of people playing now that we don't talk and changing the lyrics like to their own things that they don't have to care about now that the relationship is over. I don't have to pretend that, like I liked going to your baseball games or I don't have to pretend that I liked playing video games. I don't have to pretend that I liked blah, 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 like whatever it might be, which I just think is hilarious. Oh my God, I love that. That's so relevant to me and my ex-boyfriends. All right, I think that wraps up everything with Now That We Don't Talk. Which takes us into Suburban Legends, which we pretty much glossed over last time because you disrespected it. You're going to be really disappointed. Yeah, you've already said that you have been skipping it. So how could you have new opinions if you're not even listening to it? I don't. That's why you're going to be disappointed. I literally haven't listened to it since I left your house a week ago. It's one of the top songs charting from 1989 Taylor's version. Why isn't it a single then? It's in the top 10 of the Billboard charts. All of these songs that are... The whole album is like top 10, though. Again, that doesn't count. No, it's not. Almost, not the entire except album. For the pretty, much every, song. pretty much every vault track is in the top 10. But Okay. Suburban Legends, I think, deserve some respect. Because, first of all, I need to correct a comment that I made in our last podcast episode where I started talking about how 
How is Taylor writing about going to a class reunion? She'll never go to a class reunion. The point I meant to make was that it always surprises me when Taylor writes about these high school or like small town themes, knowing that she never really like lived that much of a normal life. But somehow she writes these songs that I think a lot of people then relate to because that is actually how their life feels. And I just find that wildly fascinating about her song. Like, she was never going to her high school reunion, but somehow she's written this song about, like, a high school sweetheart that you thought that you would show up at your high school reunion with, and it you thought you'd surprise the whole school, but it didn't work out. <laughs> you know she wanted to go to her high school reunion, and they were like, babe, you can't. You're too famous. And she was like, come on. It's going to be fine. And they were like, you can't. You know. I don't know, man. I think she's above she that at this point. She wanted to go and flex on all the haters and the dude, Andrew, whatever, who she made teardrops on my guitar about. She wanted to show up and be like, look at me now, And they were like, you can't. It's the security. It's just too much. So one of the things I love about this song is that, which you wouldn't know because you're not listening to it, it has like a dual meaning going on with the word legends. We were born to be suburban legends. So that can be taken two different ways. Legends as in suburban Big legends, foot. like <laughs> literally Bigfoot. Was That's what it makes me example. think of. <laughs> Every time I think of Bigfoot. Is that what you were going to say? I was going to say one of the legends means like uh, the legend <laughs> of like the legend of Bigfoot was going to be my example. That's all I think about. And so she's saying like we were born to be suburban legends, but it could have gone either way. It was like we could have been legendary, like we could have been like that couple, the it couple, but we end up just being legends. Like it never really happened. Like Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't exist. Exactly. So deep. (laughs) Too bad the song doesn't deliver enough to have that sick realization. The beat in that song is so, so fun. I just think it paints such a vivid picture. The very first lines in the song, you had people who called you on unmarked numbers in my peripheral vision. So like this dude is clearly cheating and and she goes on to explain, I let it slide like a hose on a slippery plastic summer, always quickly forgiven. That's poetry. Like a hose on a slippery... Yeah, like a slip and slide. That's not really poetic. That's... That's cause for pause. I mean, it's poor she's judgment. She's herself to a slippery hose and a slip and slide? No, she's saying, I let it slide like a hose on a slippery plastic summer. Like, I let these discretions slide and I tried to ignore them. It's a cool simile. I'll give her that. But There's just so many vivid pictures that the lyrics in that song paint for me. So I realize that it's a little boring to you, but... Lyrics are good. Song doesn't deliver. I listened to it today. I was like, just do it. Force yourself. Do it. And I I don't know. The song ended before I even realized what was happening because I didn't even pay attention because it didn't catch my attention because it doesn't change, just like Slut. So forever skip. Then you're going to be missing out on singing. I didn't come here to make friends. We were born to... It's the perfect car song. You can just really belt it out. I also... Went for a run today and was listening to it and it has a great running beat. So maybe you should put it on your workout playlist. <laughs> no. No thanks. Okay. The final cool nope. thing about Suburban Legends that will probably still not convince you, but I think is pretty cool. She says, TikTok on the clock. Kesha. 
No. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. She hinted at this song a year ago <laughs> with Midnight's promo. TikTok, it's a clock. TikTok, it's a mm. clock. And I love that Taylor does this and you'll be listening to something and you're like, oh, when she first promoted 1989 and dropped Wildest Dreams, she posted a video on her TikTok where there was a glitch, but she was dropping Wildest Dreams. And then a year after that, we get the song Glitch on Midnight's. And then when she's promoting Midnight's, she says, TikTok on the clock and the Midnight's vinyls all make a clock. And this is this whole thing. And you could buy the specific vinyl shelves that would make a clock if you bought all four versions of the album. And then now it all comes full circle because in a 1989 vault track, there are the words TikTok on the clock. And Karma and the Rep video. Karma is a, was a great Easter egg, but I'm saying there was a 1989 Easter egg that hinted at a song on Midnight's, and then there was a Midnight's Easter egg that hinted at a lyric on 1989. It's a fun little invisible string tying it all together. Finally, we're at Is It Over Now? People might be wondering, is this pod over now? But no. Have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> a lot of thoughts about <laughs> Is It Over Now? Because when we, first, up. when we first heard this song, we were both like, this is it. And now it's the single... And I literally, I cannot stop listening to this song. Did you see the thing about the 300 equating, when I had said previously, like, why 300? And it was, mm. like, equating to 10 months, a.k.a., what was it, 10 months is how long they dated or something? Yeah, and is it over now? She says, fast forward to 300 takeout coffees later. And then later on, she says, 300 awkward blind dates later. The Swifties are always doing the math for us. And they calculated that 300 days is equivalent to 10 months. And in clean, she says, 10 months sober, I must admit, just because you're clean don't mean you don't miss it. When I first heard that song, like OG 1989, I was like, this song must be about someone else because Taylor doesn't know anything about having a drug or alcohol addiction. And wow, she's trying to relate to someone who does, but she's talking about a relationship being sober, not substances. The more you yeah, know. I never, I never thought she was talking about substances. <laughs> I did. I was like, I don't know. I hear the word sober. I don't equate it to a relationship. But I think that's what makes Taylor such a lyrical genius. She's taking something like that and relating it to a relationship. She was hooked on this relationship. And now finally, 10 months have gone by. The relationship is over. Doesn't mean I don't miss it, but... Actually, if you go back and look at her talking about that song when original 1989 dropped, she says she wrote Clean when she was in London and had been in London for two weeks and realized, oh, two weeks into her trip, my ex is here. Hope he's doing okay. And she equated that to, you know, when you first go through a breakup, like, and come back, be here. Where are you? What are you doing? I, you know, you're just constantly, your mind is preoccupied with thoughts of that person. And so then for like 10 months later, for you to be in the same city and not have thought of them for two weeks. Oh, am I finally over it? And then she leaves us with the, is it over now? Which we obviously know their relationship is long, long, long over. I just love how that song 
just draws out. She compared it to the out of the woods of the vault tracks. Those songs were very similar in the way that they build and the way that the bridges are. And so that's why she had to, felt like she had to pick one or the other. And it's kind of talking about the same place in their relationship. Are we out of the woods? Is this over yet? It's, it's kind of talking about just those same little parallels of like trying to figure out where you actually stand with this person and where the relationship's going to go. It's an impressive build versus like out of the woods, which I feel like huge the whole way through. But is it over now? It starts really slow. Then all of a sudden just like picks up a little bit and you're like, oh, we're going somewhere. It's an impressive tempo change i don't think i will ever get over the did you think i didn't see you there were flashing lights at least i had the decency to keep my nights out of sight only rumors about my hips and thighs and my whispered sighs oh lord i think about oh, jumping lord. i'm uh, very tall somethings just to see you come running running and say the one thing yeah. i've been wanting but no Oh, it's just such a good song. There have been multiple times where it's finished and I'm like, run it back. Start it over again. One more time. Three more times. And I'm just so glad that she picked it as the single. That reminds me, we wanted to talk about why there was no music video dropped. Oh, uh, yes. I think this is the right time to do it. My theory, which I'm sure a zillion other people have also had this theory, but I was very surprised there was... No music video dropped the weekend of 1989. And then I realized she is saving it for the Eras tour. I thought about that. As soon as you said theory, I was like, yeah, that's what I would think. That's what she ended up doing with Speak Now. Night one, she's going to come back and be so stoked to be A, back on tour. And then she's going to be like, oh, by the way, while I was gone, I like re-released a thing or two. Um, you heard of like 1989 Taylor's version? Anyway, here's a music video. Would you like to see it? She's done the music video on tour thing twice now because she debuted the Karma music video in New York. And then the I Can See You music video in Kansas City. So it would make sense that she's saving the music video for when she goes back on tour. I still think it's crazy that she has no collabs in the vault songs. So it's like, is that going to be a potential? Like, ooh, here's the song with someone else. Or she's just going to be like, nah, not this time. Yeah. Karma with Ice Spice in the music video made that a collab when it was originally released as just her own song with no True, collab. she could do a remix of one of her other songs, like not Vault songs, but that would be kind of weird at this point. It'd be sick if she brought out Kendrick Lamar. Oh, I've also almost officially uh, learned all the lyrics, by the way. I'm pretty proud of myself. I still need to work on that. I've been so caught up on trying to memorize all of the lyrics to the Vault tracks that... I haven't been able to circle so back to refresh my memory on the Kendrick versus. I will low-key flex that one of the days. I'll be like, what song is this? Oops. <laughs> is it over now? Great choice as the single. I think we both agree on that. And I also think that it's potentially one of her best songs ever. And the fact that it sat in the vault for nine years and would potentially have never seen the light of day is insane. Best songs ever? Okay, okay. Let's just slow it down for a second there. <sighs> you heard folklore evermore come on i think is it over now might be my favorite song off of 1989 now i don't know i can't i can't take it over my like out of the woods man i could take it over blank space but i couldn't take it over out of the woods but it doesn't matter because isn't that the song that they said it was like the or is that say don't go which is the one that yeah no is it over now and out of the woods are like the sister songs together right so then that makes sense i should listen to them back to back 
Oh yeah, there have been people remixing the two together. The, the is it over mm-hmm. now? Um, when she kind of lays out and lets the just instrumentals happen, the out of the mm-hmm. woods. Remember when he hit the brakes too soon? Bridge fits perfectly yeah. in that section. Really? Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. The other original songs that I wanted to talk about. I Know Places. There's been so much discussion about the re-releases and Taylor's voice sounding different or the production sounding different. And I know that with Speak Now, for instance, being the most recent re-record until 1989, there were songs that Swifties felt like they didn't hear some of the same like passion in her voice in these songs, which makes sense because she's so far removed from that era at this point. So I Know Places, I felt feel like it's a great example of where she freaking crushed it with the vocals because, first of all, I kind of think she's back in this same 1989 headspace right now anyway in her personal life. But when she sa- says, and we run, and you compare like the old version to the new version, the new version somehow sounds more passionate and raw and better. Yeah, her voice is so strong. You're like, dang. And people are just overthinking it. I mean, I remember when like uh, Speak Now came out, like the re-release, and it was like, oh, this is lackluster, this is this. It's like, hey, well, vocally, everything is better 100%. From a production standpoint, that's where people get mad and say that little things have changed musically. But I think it's just as good, if not better, than the originals. This morning, I started to get very worked up thinking about style and how hard the Swifties have come for style, saying that it's so different. And they were coming for Jack and Christopher Rowe, who's actually the producer on style, not Jack. And there's just been a lot of hate for the way that some of these songs sound different. And I, I don't get it. I'm here to say... I hear the differences. Yeah, style sounds a little different. Out of the Woods sounded a little different. But first of all, Taylor had to make these songs sound different. That was part of the project. It has to sound a little bit different from the original. And that's why she has to name it Taylor's version. It has to, it has to be slightly different in order for there to not be copyright violations. But also, she is improving on it probably in a way that she wants to like if something sounds different it's because she wants it to sound different and so everyone should just get on board the fact that Christopher Rowe and Jack are trending on Twitter the day after 1989 drops and people are coming at them and saying I hope that Christopher Rowe doesn't produce any more of these tracks or I hope she stops working with Jack I'm so annoyed I'm like how miserable must it be to be a Swiftie that doesn't like Jack Antonoff couldn't be me I love Jack I'm here for it and he's also not the producer of most of these songs that they're complaining about so I want to clear that one up real quick if Taylor approved these versions and this is what she gave to us why are we complaining about it it's like would you rather have nothing at all would you just rather have the original and just give money to Scooter Braun for the rest of your life? Also, would you rather have her like 20-something-year-old vocals versus 30-something-year-old? Also, I'm like, what's wrong with me? Because when I listened back, I listened with the intent of being like, all right, focus and pay attention to see if you like, can see a difference. I literally couldn't. I almost got bored with it in the sense of expecting it to be so different. And then it's like, no, it sounds just as good, if not better, than the original. And maybe there's something wrong with me and I just can't hear it. or 
better yet, maybe I'm just not overthinking it like everybody else. I, I guess I thought that because like Speak Now or Red or Fearless, I didn't have this, some of the nostalgia that other Swifties would have. I guess I, I thought that with 1989, maybe I would understand why people have been up in arms when these re-releases come out and complaining about it. Because I'm like, I listened to 1989 when it came out. I listen to it all the time. So maybe I will feel that way. And as we discussed on the last pod, Out of the Woods was the only song that as we were listening, I was like, oh, that sounds noticeably different to me. Like this, there was a harmony towards the end when she says Out of the Woods and and I've realized now that that was always in the original. It was just more subtle. It, right. Because I went back and listened. And yeah, I was like, wait, it's, it was always there. She it was. brought it up, made it better. And you're like, oh, so it's not even that different. Like, right. But even so, like, okay, I noticed the difference. I I hear it. I'm not like, I miss old out of the woods. Like, I wanted to hear it once to have it make sense in my brain and then I'm like I'm good I'm good with the new version of out of the woods now see ya like I want the version Taylor owns and all of you who say you're gonna I can't I can't get with the new version of style get with it get over it (laughs) what are we doing too much time (sighs) on their hands man that's my soapbox I was very very worked up about that this week and it just makes me sad for Taylor that She's giving us this gift and she's reclaiming her work and somehow people are finding something to complain about. I'm just so happy to be able to listen to 1989 again and not give Scooter Braun money. Same. Right. I mean, I own it digitally, but like, yeah, I don't want to. I feel like it's like a crime. Like when I did listen to Out of the Woods back one more time, I was like, ooh, this feels like, you know. I feel like there's an alarm that goes off on Spotify. Like, alert, someone's listening to the original. What freaking weirdos listening to this? And it was like... The day of or the day after the release, and someone was probably like, who is doing this right now? Find this Swifty. Take her out. Yeah, get him. <laughs> I listened to it by watching the old music video. I figured I'd kill two birds with one stone. Um, yeah. That would have been better. Would have been a lot better. It's what a, a journey video. that music video is. We don't have time for all of that right now, but man. So as we briefly discussed in our last pod episode the night the 1989 taylor's version dropped taylor nation decided to mess with us and start hinting at reputation and i think it would just be best if we rolled the clip from when we found it out taylor nation tweeted when the snake turned to butterflies that covered my whole room what what are you talking no, about? Yeah. Yo, that'd be hilarious. That would be like, I get the out of the way. Now that we realized we were not getting a double album release that night, which I knew was never happening, Rep Prep has officially started. Rep Prep, baby, by 1989. I'm already over you. I'm not over 1989. I will be vibing on it until we get rep i mean vault songs yes but i again haven't really listened to the main part because i'm kind of like all right babe it's like we're going into winter time like i'm sorry but you're like two months too late like grungy black hoodie let's go but we can't listen to rep now are you listening to it i didn't know we don't have to stop until she announces the re-release date that's always my rule you can't stop now we don't even know when it's coming could be freaking six months from now I haven't listened to rep yes. since 1989 dropped. 
I like how I started this trend and now you're taking it t- even too far where it's like, have you stopped? It's like, no, I haven't. She hasn't announced the re-release yet. There's well, no timeline. Before so. you even told me of your rule, I always just naturally try not to stream the stolen versions, like no matter what. Really? Yeah. I feel like that's actually why hearing 1989 again has been so exciting for me is because I, I did not listen to it that much over the last couple of years. I've really tried hard not to. Are you crazy? No, you said you were listening to Rep the other day while you were running. You were listening to the whole thing, and you said you've been blowing up Rep literally like the last like few weeks. Is that just the vinyl version? I feel like I rediscovered Rep for a couple of weeks, and now I'm like, should I cut myself off again? Oh, it's just so good. I mean, it's like 1989 in the sense where you're listening to it, and you're like, wow. Like the first like however many songs, you're just like, ooh, just like a punch in the face over and over and over again. Clearly, um, for anyone listening, all we care about ever in life is rep. So rep prep has begun, even though we have no idea when she's going to announce the re-release date, but it's obviously coming soon. In the tweet that she had with Jack thanking the fans for getting Cruel Summer to number one, they were holding up an 11 in their fingers. It's like, yeah, obviously she is coming out with another album eventually. Whenever TS11 comes out, it'll span so many different things that have happened in the past year or for however much longer she keeps writing it. It's been a roller coaster of a year to be a Swifty and to be Taylor Swift. So who knows? But rep prep has begun. The clowning for TS11 has begun. And... Pretty soon, Taylor's going to be back on stage at the Eras Tour. So we'll see if we get a 1989 music video. We'll see what other Easter eggs we get for Reputation. And we will see what secret songs break our hearts when they get sung live. <sighs> Slut will be played live and Suburban Legends, and I will be very grateful I wasn't there for it. Rude. Thanks for listening to Hits Different, a Taylor Swift podcast. Follow us at It Hits Diff Pod on Twitter slash X, Instagram, and TikTok. Bye. Bye.